After a huge buildup and so much hype, the people have made their selection and picked their favorite candidate. But the results are still up in the air and the verdict for the ultimate winner is still in doubt. No, I'm not talking about the election. I'm talking about the console wars. The new Xbox and PlayStation are going head to head right now. But in this episode of the show, we'll look back at console launches of yesteryear. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start. This is Wayback Attack. Welcome to Wayback Attack. I am Brian Grantham, and sitting across from me at the desk is Preston Burt. Preston, are you ready to have a war? I'm ready to go head to head and fight to the finish. Um, I don't think I'm properly uh, stocked for this competition, though, seeing as how you are the one with the system on the desk. But you know, no worries. I, I can I can make it work. Yeah. Well, I am super excited. Uh, you know, console wars for me, they are always a, an exciting time. And that has been something that has been persistent throughout my life. Um, I'm not really, in, in terms of like loving video games and video game consoles and that kind of thing, I'm not the kind of person that thinks, oh, you know, getting behind like Sony or Microsoft or that kind of thing. I'm not. I'm not that type of person, not that type of fan. Yeah, you're not Team Sony, Team Microsoft, yeah. Team Nintendo. None of those companies care about you. They care about the money. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, I just, I, I always am just like, hey, I want to have everything so I can play every game. Mm -hmm. uh, like when I was a kid, I used to always, you know, when you throw a penny off a bridge or in a fountain, my dream was always, I want every video game in the world. <laughs> and so. <laughs> You've come close to it. You've been able to cycle through a lot. Yeah, in your line of work, you get access to a lot of cool things, and you're always trading up and in, and and um, I can know I can always count on Brian to give me the scoop on the latest doodads, any video game, what's good, should I buy this? I don't know, and then you know he'll always have the newest and best, just like tonight. We're sitting right here, brand new today, here, and he's got it. Yeah, what is this version? This is the Xbox Series X. Um, you know, you can kind of see, we don't have a banana for scale, uh, but <laughs> we're sitting right next to it. <laughs> yeah. But people don't know how big we are, <laughs> but the, um, it's pretty cool. Like if you're familiar at all with game cubes, uh, it is the exact same size as a GameCube. If you stuck two game cubes on top of each other, that's, that's exactly what this is. So it's, um, yeah. it's, it is a, almost a PC tower. Here's a, uh. A soda can for scale. Ta-da! <laughs> so, but yeah, you know, um, in two days we get the PlayStation 5. Um, and then uh, and then this current ninth gen will be on underway. So, that's exciting. Uh, what do you think about the naming, uh, the naming structure they have for this system? Are you okay with it or do you think it's a little confusing? I think it's a little confusing. Yeah, so, you know, obviously PlayStation has the easiest naming method, right? Mm -hmm. Just one, two, three, four, five. The problem with that for Microsoft is five is better than four, you know? So when when the PlayStation 2 and the original Xbox came out, um, you know, then the PS3 was obviously going to be the next one. 
well, Microsoft couldn't have an Xbox two because the PS three would be better. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they knew PS three was going to be the thing. So they called it the P the Xbox three sixty. I never thought about yeah. that, Brian. That's so, so great. Yeah. The, um, as far as the series goes, it is incredibly confusing, uh, to talk to people about, and especially for like, you know, gift givers and that kind of thing, because, um, especially maintaining the S and the X. Like I understand the S is the base model and the X is the powerful model, mm -hmm. but you know, it's, it's still hard. Even like when I'm talking to people about it now, it's still like, I still say Xbox one X on accident because yeah. Yeah. It's too confusing. I think they've buried themselves with that uh, naming convention. I think it needs to be modified at least, at least change it. So it's not the X and the S I think it should have like a word after it. So, well, if you're talking to people that English is not their first language, trying for them to say s and x is very difficult oh and so um you know you you run into that situation a lot uh i you know you think about think about phones mm -hmm. like an iphone they have so many different versions of the iphone 11 mm -hmm. pro max and stuff like that you know like i couldn't tell you i assume the pro is the best one <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> right. And, and so like, it's, it's a, it's a similar thing, right? So the Xbox, ultimately what they should do is just call it the Xbox. I like, uh, I like the route that Android went with naming their operating systems after candy. So like the, Kit I don't know. Kat. The, yeah. KitKat or, uh, whatever. I'm just making lollipop. I don't know. It's, you know, it's a progression mm -hmm. because it's alphabetical, but it also, it's very identifiable and, and it's whimsical. So I'm down for that. Yeah, the um the problem with that is if you don't if someone doesn't understand that it's alphabetical, then then they don't know if Kit Kat's better than Lollipop, right? And so I don't know. It's they a tough could just thing. be like Lollipops suck. I want Kit Kat. Yeah, they taste better. <laughs> like so, Sony just has it made, and I'm I would have to assume that Sony's not going to get away from their naming convention. Uh, you know, they're at some point though it does get ridiculous, like the PlayStation Twenty Two. You know, uh -huh. like. Who's gonna be Who's gonna be doing that? You know, who's gonna be buying that? <laughs> but you know, I would say the same thing with Final Fantasy. But they're still going. You know, sixteen is the next one coming out. Wow. So I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> names are dumb. I. It would be cool if they just called them what their code names are because their code names are all, always awesome. What's this one's code name? Oh man, I know you the, brought it up. I, I know <laughs> the I know the S was Scarlet, and I can't remember what the X. Um, I don't remember, but the Xbox One X was Scorpio. Okay, right? That's cool. Yeah. Um, Project Natal was the Kinect's original name. Uh -huh. I think that Project Natal is a cooler thing than Kinect. Um, but I don't remember what the series. Yeah, I think they should just stick with that kind of stuff because you know the people who are in the know are going to know which one's the newest one, and if they don't, they can ask a question. Yeah, and it helps differentiate it. But whatever. I'm an old curmudgeon, and that's why we're on this show because I'm not talking about new stuff. <laughs> we're gonna be talking about old stuff. On um, this episode of the show, like I mentioned at the top, we're gonna be running down some launch days for uh, retro consoles. Um, but before we do, uh, I did have one question back to this is, does this have backward compatibility? Yes. Okay, so instantly, unlike a lot of the systems that we're gonna be talking about, instantly you already have a huge library available to you because all your old games, well, most of your old games work. What or how many games are coming new to this system on launch? Hardly any. <laughs> uh, at least when you the if new you Forza. If you no, there's no Forza. Oh, okay. If you if you want to talk exclusives, uh -huh. 
zero. Oh. I'm pretty sure that there's maybe there's got to be some indie title that's exclusive. But the PlayStation's no better. So okay. COVID has ruined all that too, right? Ah. So the PlayStation Five, the only console exclusive to PlayStation Five, is a remake of Demon Souls. Um, is it coming? Are any of these coming packaged with the no. game? Uh, no. So the PlayStation Five does come with a game uh-huh. called Astrobot Adventure or whatever, and that is really just a tech demo to show you how cool the controller that is. Sounds weak sauce. Man. Nah, dude, Astrobot's amazing. The, you, did you did you not play the Astrobot VR game? No. Oh my god, that was one of the best VR games ever. But it's a shame because Sony's like kicking that down the the road. They're not. You cannot. No PS5 game will have VR support. Wow. If you want to play, use your. You can use your PSVR from your PS4, but it only if you buy the PS4 version of that game, right? So like Hitman 3 is coming out mm-hmm. soon. That has a VR mode, but you have to get the PS4 version of the game and play that on your PS5 in order to do the VR support. Wow. So I saw someone was bummed that you couldn't stream your ps5 to your vita anymore they're like the dream Um, is dead i'm surprised that's not working because sony did say don't get rid of your ps4s because you can stream your ps5 to your ps4 and so i guess it's one generation two removed yeah i don't know i I feel like the tech should be simple but sony hates consumers so (laughs) so you're getting this one oh you already have this one Mm -hmm. and you're getting the ps whatever five five Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm excited. I the only so I wasn't even going to get either of these consoles. Uh-huh. Uh I you know, I primarily game on PC. Uh and so to me that's This is just dedication to the show. <laughs> I mean, Brian is out here spending hundreds if not thousands of dollars just so we can have a really cool prop yeah. for each episode yeah, of the show. Yeah, after this I'm just going to throw it in the trash. So <laughs> uh but I don't know. The, the Everyone says how amazing that controller is. And so I was like, well, I'll get a PS5. And then while I was like... May I, may I touch this controller? Go for it. When I was like, oh, I'll get a PS5. And I was like, I might as well get the Series X. So All right. So this is the new Xbox One. It feels very much like the original Xbox. Well, not the original, but whatever Xbox I have. One. I have the Xbox One controller. It feels like that, except it has like more grip on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I this is the Xbox controller for me. It's one and done. Like they've mastered. It's the best feeling controller to me. Like as far as, what do you call that? Uh, ergonomics. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Yes. Whatever that is, it feels the best to me. So, I don't know. Anyway, all right. I'm going down to. <laughs> I was going to say I could talk all day about. I know. This, I know. Uh, yeah. I got to cut <laughs> off somewhere. We're going to be talking about retro launch titles, retro launch console systems. Brian, let's get into it. What are we doing? All right. So. Uh, today, before we get into that, I did want to ask you, have you been doing anything cool? Any, anything to like, like a little off topic? Like, is there anything fun happening in your life right now? Off topic stuff. Let's see. Uh, you, you, you dropped that on me. I don't know. Okay. Well, I'll tell you something that I'm doing and (laughs) you can think about it. So animation legends. Oh my God. Call me. about this every time. (laughs) Captain N hit hit again or hit hit they resupplied with captain and frames i've ordered them i have not received them yet i'll give everybody an update because i i need that mother brain baby <laughs> so uh, hopefully i get a good mother brain sh- uh picture so um uh, but that's that's really it for me so uh <laughs> i still i don't do anything i've watched some episodes of star trek discovery lately that's pretty fun okay um and then my friends hooking me up with a uh transformer uh, that's the DeLorean, so that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and other than that, just whenever I go out, like for errands, I'll stop at the Walgreens to see if they have a GI Joe Classifieds figure. Um, I have gotten into a couple of new VHS tapes. 
I, I got so uh, like bogged down in that massive lot of VHS tapes that like I burned through. I I did a whole box, like of what I did. What I I haven't started ripping really any of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, if I find one like while I'm going through it, I'll, I'll rip it the, like a commercial or something. But I basically I had triage this 500 tape lot of VHS tapes to just see what's on them because none of the tapes I got are labeled. So I pop them in, see what's on them, fast forward through the first show, I know it's an hour, fast forward through the next show, I know it's an hour, I, and I just document what's on them and I put them back and I'm like, I'll hit that later. So you don't, oh, are you, do you have, do you have like uh, labels that you're putting on the tape? Yeah, I have like, labels I'm putting okay. on the tape so I can know later. Um, <clears throat> this person was huge into sci-fi channel and then like Buffy and a lot of 90s sci-fi stuff x-files tons of x-files but so <laughs> have you seen the, the so uh un, you know unfortunately if you have if i'm breaking the news to you i'm sorry but alex trebek has passed but there's been a lot of really cool stuff on twitter where people are like paying tribute to him and stuff mm -hmm. and they sh someone did a clip of one of the celebrity jeopardies and it has stephen king and david duchovny they're the only two that speak but did you see this? No. So they, I don't remember what the question or what the answer was, but the but it was Stephen King or David Duchovny picked the topic. Stephen King answers it. What are frogs? Uh -huh. And you just hear David Duchovny go, "What are frogs?" <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so funny. All right. That's well. Great. Uh, since, uh, all right. So now we're all caught up with each other. Uh, so I figured, you know, with these new consoles coming out. You know, today, really, um, the ninth generation of video game consoles uh, have come out with the Series X and the PS5 uh, launching in two days. Uh, and so I just figured we'd take a look back at some um, system launches and some of the best games that we think are the best games that launched day and date with the console. So launch titles and that kind of thing. So um, I assume, uh, you know, I think everybody knows how much I love video games. It was really hard for me not to pull out a bunch of different systems. Luckily, since I got this today, I didn't have room. But I wanted to put out some of the stuff that we're going to talk about because I I look at a video game system as like a collectible in terms of like something like a statue or figure or something like that. Like I, I don't have my bar set up yet, but like in those cases that I have, I'm going to have like each console like displayed like it would be a statue or something. And so I wanted to do that here because to me, video game consoles have a huge place in my heart. And I assume you're the same way, Preston, right? You buy all these consoles day and date, don't you? <laughs> hey, the consoles of my youth definitely hold a, a huge place in my heart. And I have, you know, I have a, a large collection of SNES games, of NES games. And then I even have like my original box. I don't know what happened to the dang system, but <laughs> somehow I still have the box to my Genesis. Nice. And I've got that uh, displayed um, with all of my cool stuff. So yeah, you know, I, I don't have quite as much as you, but but, but definitely um, uh, a, a place in my heart. Yeah, so what what is your, I'm gonna show you something. Okay. And you just tell me, this is like picture association, okay? okay? All right, so we're gonna boom. <laughs> <laughs> I just found that this week, man. Yeah. So what you were looking at is is a typical Preston. I am never an early adopter. So here I am holding my brand new to me PlayStation Two, and this was in like 2002, and I rewarded myself after my first 
big career uh, paycheck. So I had just graduated college, um, having worked at the Blockbuster for a few years and checked out all these games to people and being jealous of the PS2. I rented it a couple times for sure, but um, never owned it. And so my first job as a teacher, I had my first paycheck and I treated myself <laughs> to a PS2. In the background, that piano, is that the piano you still own? Yeah, I don't like go through pianos. Oh, like come you go on. through game consoles. <laughs> uh, I, you know, so one of the coolest things about your job at Blockbuster was the cool cases that these consoles came in. I know. I should have thought to like keep some of those, but yeah, those are those command a high dollar now. Yeah, I, so I, I, the 3DO that I currently have is not my original 3DO. Um, I, 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 I suckered a. Uh, I suckered some pawn shop guy uh, because he saw it said Panasonic on it, and he was like, "Oh, because he must." He, I think he must have thought it was the PlayStation because it was around the time like the the PlayStation was PlayStation Two like had just come out or something, and he was like, "Oh yeah," and gave me a lot of money for it, and so I couldn't pass it up. But the 3DO I have now is in one of those cases. It, the, I bought it on eBay. I don't know if this is true, but the guy said he was a blockbuster manager mm -hmm. and that it had never been played before that he always bought, like he would keep one off the side for him mm -hmm. to own because he was a collector. And so, um, that's supposedly my 3do had never been played before, but it's in that case. My virtual boy is also in one of those cases. That's awesome. So I, I love those cases. Those are the best, but man, it was a pain in the butt to rent those things out. You had to do so much paperwork in case people broke them. Yeah. I, I, I know I checked out or rented a, like, I think before I owned a Genesis, I rented them a couple times. So, uh, but yeah, it, that, that was awesome. I love that back then. So it's a shame <laughs> people don't have the ability to do that now. Uh, all right. So we are going to talk about the launches of consoles, the games that tie with them. Uh, sometimes those are amazing things. Uh, unfortunately though, sometimes those can lead to bad things. I think when Yogi said fork in the road, he meant opportunity. When he sees opportunity, he takes it. So do we. We're taking all the opportunities we can to make this business soar. And since I began my remarks with an announcement, I may as well finish with another. We started our rollout of Sega Saturn yesterday. We were at retail today in 1800 Toys R Us, electronic boutique stores around the U.S. and Canada. Our retail price is between $399 and $449. We have 10 software titles at retail in the next few days, 20 by August. Our total rollout will take the summer to complete, but we're starting today in-store and starting today on primetime TV with these commercials. Sega Saturn is not only here now, it's out there. Thanks. It's been an honor. <laughs> All right. So that was Tom Kalinske. Uh, he, this is the very first ever E3. Okay. So um, that's why the camera, it, it, E3 was not always the production that people have come to know. It was so about. old. It was just E2. Yeah. <laughs> it was when dinosaurs were walking the earth. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, E3 was originally just a trade show, right? And so it was just people, uh, or not people, but, you know, CEOs and that kind of thing, basically just talking to retailers and, and press about whatever their new product Industry was. folks. Yes. And, man, uh, this is 
like the beginning of the end of the Saturn. So it was supposed to come out later in the year. Uh-huh. And um, basically what happened uh, is uh, they announced it. They had, they had already announced the system, but at E3, they showed off all the, all the advertisements and like commercials and stuff like that. And they figured, uh, hey, you know what? We're going to generate a lot of excitement about this thing at E3, and we're going to get people excited about it. We're going to, um, instead of instead of releasing it later in the year during the holiday season, like we said we were going to, we're going to release it today. And the problem with that is retailers were not ready. Like you heard in that in that clip, he was he's they had um, Toys R Us, Software, etc. Electronics Boutique. EB, yeah. Those were the only companies that got this console because uh, they weren't ready. They didn't have warehouses full of them. Uh, Video game publishers were not ready to get their games out because originally it was supposed to come out September 2nd. Um, And then instead they put it out during the summer. So like (laughs) earlier in the year. So that was just like the first misstep that Sega made with this console. You know, leading up to it, there, there's a lot of stuff. Check out, there's a Netflix documentary about video games and they talk a lot about like this, the Sega CD, the 32X and like how Japan, Sega of Japan and, and Sega of America were like tr- trying to, the Saturn was coming and so all these other stop gaps in between the way, you know, to try to ward off their competition. Uh, and all, simultaneously, if you look at CBS All Access, you can watch a documentary series called Console Wars, mm-hmm. which uh, Tom Kalinske is a, is a key player in that. And this is the the look between the Sega Genesis and the and Super Nintendo and the wars they had based off a book by Blake. Oh, I made it. I, anyway, there's this book by the same name <laughs> called Console Wars. Uh, but you should check out the mini series that's now on CBS All Access. Yeah. So, yeah, this was a crazy thing. N- I mean, nowadays that's exciting at E3 when like Nintendo announces a game and then it's out that day for you to download. That's cool. Yeah. But man, like Sega just alienated all their retail partners because yeah. it was only these three partners get that got product, and so a lot of retailers actually just stopped carrying Sega products altogether because of it. So. Yes, yeah, uh, I just I never got into that one. I don't think I ever really even played one back in its heyday. It was just a blip of you know, blip a flash in the pan. Yeah. So, uh Sega though is not the only company to have a a pretty bad system launch. Um, you know, sometimes even the big boys fall down. It's going to be you. I knew that was going to happen as soon as I did it. Here it is. <laughs> He had the moves, the punches, the fire. But there was one thing he would never have a way out. Virtual Boy presents more challenges inside the third dimension. August Tennis, Tunnel Boxer, Red Alarm, Galactic Pinball, Virtual Boy, a 3D game for a 3D world. Wanna play? So, man, the Virtual Boy. I love this console, but it is Nintendo's biggest, biggest failure. And it's something that they wouldn't even talk about for a long time. I I have upstairs, I meant to bring it, 
it is a like lenticular pin uh-huh. from when they were going around doing a mall tour showing off the virtual boy wow. before it came out i was when i was a kid i was just into this product and um man you know i love vr now and the development of the virtual boy is so crazy because nintendo wanted to create a a vr headset and what they did is they had talked to this company about um about producing it that was making that kind of thing but the cost of a color display was astronomical at the time and so the company also they recommended using a red on black because it creates it's the highest contrast um for what they were using the type of technology they were using and it would create a better 3d effect yeah right? and burn your retinas well that's i've never had an issue with it but when like they showed it off at ces um it People's was eyeballs were melting yeah, january 6 1995 <laughs> they showed it off at ces and and people came away from that with really negative things to say about it about it giving them headaches while they're using it it's awkward to use because you're you're putting your face into it. Like you're not strapping it on. Yeah. And, and so like you're, you're, it's, it's not a, it's not like a handheld console that is portable. You have to set it up and then look into it. It's crazy that they didn't think to just have a head strap to it. Well, you know? at, at one point they actually were going to do that, but the head, the weight of it, it was hard in order for them to be able to set it up in a way that didn't have too much weight to make it uncomfortable to do it. That's why they had the stand for it. But, um, you know, being a kid, I was fine with that. Like, hey, I'm willing to have some sort of uncomfortableness uh, when I'm doing something if I think that thing is super cool. I'm willing to give myself a physical deformity yeah. in order to play this video game. <laughs> hey, I think glasses are cool. I'm going to shoot myself in the eye with laser tag guns until I need them. <laughs> Gosh darn it. So uh, basically, uh, Nintendo kind of had high hopes for this thing it was at the time groundbreaking you know uh so they projected in america in north america only uh 1.5 million units uh being sold with 2.5 uh units of software being sold with it um by the end of the year and then they had only shipped 350,000 units by the end of december of that year um and that's not even sold through rate. That's just shipped to retailers. And so, you know, that was, that was three and a half months worth of, of time that this was on the market. That would be the hottest time of the year. And this thing was barely moving. So, I mean, it was, you know, for what it did, it was more of a novelty thing, Mm -hmm. but yet they were charging you essentially a full system price. So it was, you know, it was $179 at launch. And, um, you know, that's what you could get basically a a super nintendo for so Mm -hmm. yeah but so one of the caveats of of this system is it was a 32-bit system yes 32-bit because this came out after the super nintendo right Mm -hmm. and technically this is nintendo's 32-bit console because it's not a handheld and uh you know people that played this game like reviewers and that kind of thing there was the PlayStation, the Sony PlayStation was on the horizon and just the, the, the graphical quality of this headset was not nearly as good as what people were hearing about the PlayStation. And so it was kind of like a non-starter. Um, but yeah, by, uh, it was, it came out on March or I'm sorry, the last game for it came out on March 22nd, 1996. So the, um, the system had been 
out for like a year and a year and a half, maybe like a closer to a year at this point. Uh, and then they, they killed it that year. And in June of, uh, June of 96, Nintendo reported that the worldwide sales of the virtual boy were only 770,000 units. Uh, and, and 140,000 of those were in, in Japan. So wow. boy, like, it, it it wasn't really until recently that Nintendo has really talked about this failure. And I think that they have the ability with things like Smash Brothers, like how they incorporate their history into games. I think they really have a cool ability to be able to kind of poke fun at the Virtual Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, one of the reasons I, w- I had planned on bringing it out was because I was going to like talk about the controller a little bit. Like the con- like you when you look at Nintendo's designs, you see how those designs impact their future projects, yeah. right? And so like the most obvious thing is like the Wii U to the Switch, right? Sure. And but like that controller is really a Nintendo sixty four controller, and so like it's just really neat to like look at how that stuff carries over. But um, you know, like not everybody can win big. Uh, nowadays, we don't have the the wars against Sega and Nintendo where they're talking trash the whole time. Sometimes Sony talks trash about Xbox. Xbox, because they did so poorly last generation, Gen 8, uh, you know, they started doing this whole thing where, hey, we love you. We love everybody. We're friends with Nintendo. <laughs> we're friends with Sony. And, uh, you know, you see that today with the launch of the Xbox Series X and Series S. Uh, you know, Microsoft did a thing on Twitter. And then... Um, I think a little tongue in cheek. Sony did a friendship uh, fatality from Mortal Kombat 11, a GIF on their timeline. That's funny. And so, you know, like, oh, it's a friendship thing, but really, like, you know, we're killing you. So, um, but, you know, it's exciting to see these companies. Uh, basically, it's not like it used to be, you mm-hmm. know, and so having a little, having it a little bit more open and a little bit more uh, excited. And, and I think that really goes a long way into, um, into making the whole hobby really cool, you know, yeah. like getting that kind of stuff. So um, I do, I do think that that's really interesting. That what is that, Brian? Do you know what time it is? Is it time to play the game? It's time to play this episode's <laughs> game. That was scary. I didn't know that was happening. <laughs> okay. So I told Brian to cue up a sound effect for me when it was time for the game, and he picked that. What What the heck was that? <laughs> That's uh, Triple H's. Um, it's it, The song is a Motorhead song, but it's Triple H's <laughs> intro to, uh, okay. to the ring. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I could see Brian's screen, and I thought he was going to do a transition to something, <laughs> and then it just burst in there. So it, it got me. You got me good, bro. All right. So uh, we haven't played a little game in a while. This is for all the marbles. Um, Brian, in honor of launch day, I thought we could do some launch day rankings, mm-hmm. uh, or rather ordering, okay, based on the cost of the system mm-hmm. adjusted for inflation. Okay, okay. so I'm going to give you <clears throat> the dates, the system, the date, and the cost Okay, uh, for all the things that we're going to be talking about today. So this, if you need some help, I'll, I'll be able to help you out because there's, there's a little bit here, but... All right, so in no particular order mm-hmm. right now, mm-hmm. uh, the Nintendo Entertainment System launched in 88, and the action pack cost $149. Okay? Okay. Genesis, 89. It cost $189. Super Nintendo was in 1991. It cost $199. Mm-hmm. Game Boy was in 89. It cost $89. Mm-hmm. 
Dreamcast was ninety nine. It cost one ninety nine. Mm-hmm. Virtual Boy was nineteen ninety five. It was uh, one hundred seventy nine dollars. Mm-hmm. And then Atari Jaguar in nineteen ninety three was two hundred forty nine dollars at launch. Okay. So what I would like you to do is in order of least to greatest cost rent order these at their adjusted cost for inflation okay so i just want to get the console straight we have nes uh-huh. snes yep um game boy uh dreamcast and jaguar yes and virtual boy you say virtual, oh, boy. virtual boy okay okay uh so least you know you automatically want to go with game boy because it was so cheap it was so cheap my older sister was dating a guy and he wanted to get on her good side so he bought me a game boy Whoa. and she made him return it oh no because i already had one. Oh, okay. i will take another game boy <laughs> <laughs> the, the screens you leave them in the car and the screens get lines on them do you know how much i could sell this for at recess <laughs> uh all right so um you want to say that just because it was so cheap Gotta yeah, think though the more recent consoles have a lower adjusted inflation. But I'm going to say Game Boy was the cheapest. And are you gonna tell me yes or no as I go? Or uh sure. Okay. Was Game Boy the cheapest? Game Boy was the cheapest. Yes. Ding ding ding. All right. At uh the current it sold in nineteen eighty nine for eighty nine dollars and the current cost today would be one hundred ninety one twenty nine. Okay. Okay. So the next so the next ones were what the NES Genesis Super Nintendo Dreamcast Virtual Boy Jaguar. Okay. So the uh hmm I'm going to say the next cheapest one is Dreamcast. Okay. Mm, very close. Oh. No cigar. The the next one was the Virtual Boy. Wow. In 1995 it cost $179 and today's inflation adjusted cost would be 309.89. So that puts it at number 2, but you were very close. Mm-hmm. So because then the, number 3 yes, is Dreamcast. Dreamcast in 1989 sold for $199 and today it would be a, a cost of 315.25. That's crazy to think $20 across what is it 5 years, right? 95 to 99 uh, so, yeah, or so 4, four years. Mm-hmm. 20 bucks. Hmm. Okay. Well, then I'm going to say the next one is going to be the Jaguar. No, sir. Ugh. No. The next one. Do you want to know the next one or do you want to try to take another guess? Uh, my next guess. Because the only ones left are NES, SNES, and Jaguar, right? NES, Genesis, SNES, and Jaguar. Oh, okay. So, the next, so then my next one would be... Ooh, I was going to say NES... I'll, I'll, but then kind of Genesis is like a couple years newer and almost the same price. I'm going to go Genesis. I'm going to say Genesis. You should have gone with your first uh. instinct. It was NES. Uh, NES Action Pack came out in 1988 for $149. And today it would be $335.19. So, you know, it's... Uh, you see these different costs, 149 blah, blah, blah. But we're essentially hovering around the 300 something mark right. for mm-hmm. systems mm-hmm. you know and it's it's maintained that yes. cost mm-hmm. so yeah there that, are some outliers you know like over, throughout the years there have been inc- incredibly expensive systems so you're two f- you're, you're you're operating at 50% right now you're you're two for four okay well then the next one I'm going to go with is genesis 
Uh, you're wrong. Oh, Super Nintendo? <laughs> Super Nintendo. Wow. Uh, it came out in 91 at $199. And today that would be 384 Okay. So then Genesis. Correct. <laughs> and it came out in 89 and it was $189. But back in 89, $189 would be like $406 today. That's crazy. It is, isn't it? Wait. Hmm. I thought the Genesis came out before the Super Nintendo. It did. Nintendo was 91. Genesis was 89. And how much was the Genesis? Genesis was $189. And how much was the Super Nintendo? $199. Oh, it was because it's older. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it costs more. All right. So now the Jaguar. So, yep. So you were still, uh, you were 50-50, but the Jaguar is going to put you on the winning side. The Jaguar is and was the most expensive system. In 1993, it cost a whopping $200. $49, um, which was the highest at the time. And today that would be like spending $454.49. Brian, you only got slightly more than half right, but we're going to give it to you as the win. Congratulations, Yay! Brian. You're the console master. <laughs> nice. Well, that is uh, super exciting for me. We are going to talk about the Jaguar some more uh, on the show. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about this. the birth of the incredible Nintendo Entertainment System. The one to play with Rob, the extraordinary video robot, batteries not included. He helps you tackle even the toughest challenge. Will you be the first to raise the incredibly accurate Zapper and play games like Duck Hunt or action-packed Hogan's Alley and high-flying Kung Fu, each sold separately? Will you be the one to experience the Nintendo Entertainment System? Comes with Rob, Zapper, Control Deck, Two Controllers, Gyromite, and Duck Hunt. Man, that was the deluxe system. I, I never <laughs> so had that. I never garbage. had the robot and the two games and all this. I got the control deck yeah. and I, a game. I, I had a friend that had that set. Wow. Yeah. Um, so we're talking about the Nintendo Entertainment System, and the reason we're doing that is not to talk about the launch of it like Brian was talking about the other systems. I wanted to talk about, um, I thought from here on out, we could look at, our favorite launch day titles. I asked you earlier mm. about the Xbox and the PlayStation and what games they're having with, with launch, and you were saying not many. And I was surprised to learn that some of these systems from back in the day didn't actually launch with that many either. Mm. But Nintendo Entertainment System, um, it launched with a whopping 17 titles. And most people can recognize those easily because those are the ones that came in the standard format template box. You know, the black box with the little graphic and then the side scroll. It's very iconic. Um, but after that, for the most part, the Nintendo games that were released had unique and custom artwork and so forth. But um, so without cheating and looking at the list, do you know uh, some of the the titles that launched besides Super Mario Brothers? Well, off the top of my head, I would obviously Duck Hunt uh -huh. and Gyromite. Yeah. Because those were, you know, part of that whole thing. I I would have I so I did look at the list because I was Cheater. trying to think. Okay. Well, then, but but I, I I forgot if golf was on there. Uh, golf was yeah, golf is on there. So golf I I knew was was a, was uh one of the original. Ones, okay. So. so for those of you playing along at home, see if you would have gotten all of these on in your list. All right. So ten yard fight, baseball, clue clue land, which what what is even that? What is that? I don't know. Was this a North American game? I, I thought so. 
I don't know. I don't know. That one's suspect. Maybe I, I'm I, gonna I'm gonna say clue clue makes me think of cloud people. So maybe they look like clouds. Maybe I maybe I got my sources wrong on this one. Duck hunt, excite bike, golf, gyromite, Hogan's alley, ice climber, kung fu, mock rider, pinball, stack up. That's another one. I don't know. This is suspect. Super Mario Brothers, <laughs> tennis, wild gunman, and wrecking crew. Um, so the system came out in test markets in New York city, mm. um, and maybe other test markets in 1985 in October, but it wouldn't be until 1986 in September that it would release nationwide. But when it did launch, it had those 17 games. Mm -hmm. So how many of those games did you own? I owned, um, excite bike. Kung Fu, Super Mario Brothers, and that's probably all of the. I probably owe Ten Yard Fight. Mm -hmm. Those are the only ones that I actually owned. I I think on top of you, I owned uh I, I owned Duck Hunt, and then I owned Pinball. Yeah, look at that. And I, now you own a real pinball, Brian. It happened for you. Yeah, but I I also love digital pinball, <laughs> and that's probably where that stems from. <laughs> that's great. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to debate our picks for what do you think was the best launch title that's I'm, included i mean it's got to be mario brothers right like if you want to put like impact that the game had um so the thing the thing with mario that uh, i think is really cool is that Yamoto, um his whole thing with creating games and he this is this started with donkey kong with him he felt like the characters you played played as in games were very basic and you didn't build a bond with them because they had no expressions right mm -hmm. like they were very simple characters and so his thing was he wanted to make bigger characters that you could animate better and have have a connection with based off of their expressions and in their emotions right mm -hmm. and so that's what donkey kong was that was like their first big game that had that right like donkey kong is so um he emotes so vividly right mm -hmm. and uh you know the from there, you just carry on Jumpman and, and, and into into Mario Brothers, and uh, you know he he maintained that same thing, and that I think that's why Mario Brothers is still relevant today. Yeah, is is because of that foresight into trying to have that connection with with your game character, and because of that, like it, I, it has to be Mario. But if I'm just gonna go based off of something that I would go back to today. Um, I really like Excite Bike. Like when I was a kid, I'd always play it in the player plays toy play choice ten at the Pizza Hut. Yeah, and um, I would love a good Excite Bike game today. But I don't know what that looks like because they've made like I think Excite Bike sixty four was a realistic take on it. I'm not really looking for that. Like I want a cartoony type of thing. Mm -hmm. So well, I knew you were gonna say Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, and I honestly agree with you. But to be a contrarian. And to offer up a different point of view, I would say that uh, on par with it is probably Duck Hunt, mm -hmm. just because it was so unique in its own novelty. Um, it has almost as much recognition, mm -hmm. and it had the gun, right? So right. it had an iconic element of gameplay that was the first to establish this, mm -hmm. and a home system, right? Right. A light zapper gun that was... This is the first time that we had something like that, right? Uh, no, there was um, the Intellivision, or there, like there were earlier consoles that had a light gun. Yeah, uh huh. 
Okay. Well. But this was the first one that made it big. Like as it, it came with the console, right? Yeah. And so it was more than just that one game. In fact, you know, you have Duck Hunt, Hogan's Alley. Um, I guess those may have been the only two games that launched with it. But <laughs> you had Gunman. two launch games. Oh yeah, Wild Gunman. You had two. You had three launch games that use that gun. You know. Yeah. Very smart. So uh, yeah, I I definitely think Super Mario Brothers holds holds its uh, title as the best launch title. But that was pretty significant for there to be 17 of those available on launch. Mm-hmm. All told, the Nintendo Entertainment System would have 715 total games released over the, across the world, 677 of those in North America. So uh, if you're a collector, you got your work cut out for you. Yeah, the... Um... You know, I I think about big console launches and, you know, the NES really brought it back uh, from the brink from what ended uh, from the way Atari ended everything, you know, and that's why it came with so much garbage. Like you saw in that commercial was Nintendo had to sell it as a toy, not as a video game console because no one wanted to buy video game consoles. So, um, man, Nintendo, they have some major, uh, major uh, grand slams sometimes. They said it wasn't humanly possible. But now you can have all the power and excitement of Nintendo right in the palm of your hand. Introducing Game Boy. It's portable, it's in stereo, and its games are interchangeable. Plus, Game Boy comes with the outrageous new game, Tetris. And for head-to-head competition, use the revolutionary video link and blow your opponent away. Game Boy, only from Nintendo. Now you're playing with power, portable power. I, that the cover art on that box for that system is totally my aesthetic. Yeah, I dude, love that look. How badass is that system? That thing rules, and I am so jealous of all the kids that got that one. That was one that I always wanted, but I never ever got. To this day, I have never owned a Game Boy. Well, the Game Boy was a big deal. Um, I specifically remember when I got the Game Boy. It was a Christmas present, and my mom spent the entire. Uh, we went to North Carolina. She spent that entire vacation playing Tetris on it nonstop. I almost lost my foot uh, because I went outside and it was snowy and I, my boot came off in a hole in the ground and I had to walk up this mountain in just my sock and it was bad. But my mom loved Tetris. <laughs> so, uh, um, man, the Game Boy, it came out July 31st of 89 in, uh, in North America and I don't know if you know this, Preston, but it was discontinued March 23rd of 2003. Wow. The original. Good grief. What yeah, a, what isn't a that life. crazy? Yeah. The uh, the sales worldwide uh, were 118.69 million sales. Uh, it had f- only five release titles, Alleyway, Baseball, Super Mario Land, Tennis, and Tetris. Uh, but over the course of its lifetime, it had over 1,000 titles released. 1,000. Uh, and 56 titles to be exact. That's nuts. Which had a longer life, do you think? The the original Game Boy or the Nintendo DS? Because mm. DS was out for a hot minute too. Yeah, so the I bet you the DS is still... Like, the reason that that's 2003 is because some countries, uh, they they continue to sell them in those, in those regions because people still buy it due to the cost of it because it's so cheap. Yeah. And I know the PS2... It was only a couple years ago that that PS that Sony stopped making PS2s yeah. because they were still selling like in Brazil or whatever, you know. So like, um, and so that's why it's like that. I bet you there's still DSs being made because, I mean, the 3DS was out for a while. And I just know that I'm talking about North America. Oh, North America. Yeah. Oh, I don't know, like 2000, 
Uh, let's say 2010. I think it was longer than that. You think so? Because yeah. it came out in 04, 03, 04. Came my, out in 04. My, my kids had a DS. Yeah, because I, 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 I remember when the DS came out. Um, and I want to say it was 04. Okay. And then when, when did your kids get it? Oh, they didn't get it till like 2012. 12? Yeah. So New? I don't know. Probably. Well, that would have been like a DSi. Oh my gosh, you're getting in the weeds. DSi XL. Oh my gosh, Brian, such a dork. So, um, so out of those five games, I had baseball, Super Mario Land, Tetris. My favorite out of those was Super Mario Land, solely because the music in that game is so good, and it's cool. Like there, you know, that that game is still really popular in the speedrunning community. And so if you go on YouTube, uh, there's some really great videos of people speedrunning that game. Uh, I suggest checking it out because you that way you get to hear all the music in the game fairly quickly. Uh, so which which one of these games do you think would was was the best? See, this is another one where like. I'm glad you had something to offer up because it's obvious <laughs> what the best game was. And that, of course, is is Tetris. Yeah. I mean, it's so iconic mm -hmm. and has such a history. I've promoted the the book before all about its history. And, um, you know, it's just known everywhere. It's it's such a great game. It's, oh, it's iconic. Yeah. And, you know, it's still a game that is being produced today on the Xbox Series X. One of the launch titles is, it's not exclusive to Series X, but one of the launch titles is Tetris Effect Connected. Wow. Uh, and Tetris Effect came out on PS5 a couple years ago. It was, it's a VR game and regular game. Uh, that game is amazing. Um, and uh, if you get, if you got a Series X, you should get Tetris Effect Connected because the music, the, oh man, if you, if you've played Res, um, Oh, what what else did, has Mizuguchi made? Um, oh, I can't remember. But if you've played Res, Res was an amazing game. The music's so good. Tetris Effect's the same thing. Uh, so check that out. Marble SFA says he had a Game Boy back in the 90s, and the first game he played was Tetris, but he also loved Centipede and Jeff Gordon Racing. Nice. The Game Boy Color. So those numbers that I quoted also took into account Game Boy Color. Okay. So, because it was part of the Game Boy family. But All right. Just like the DSi was part of the DS family. So. Being a little generous. Okay, we'll get <laughs> okay. it. Okay. All right. Well, uh, you know, we, uh, so far, we've been giving uh, Nintendo some love. And so, why don't we spread that around a little bit? This kind of power, this kind of challenge, this kind of flying, crashing, feeling. When you decide to get serious, there's only one place to come. The games of Super Nintendo. No one else creates this kind of experience. Because no one else creates these kinds of games. Now you're playing with power. Super power. I thought we were going to give somebody else some love. Gotcha! <laughs> So uh, that was the Super Nintendo launch, of course. Now, what's notable about that commercial is, mm -hmm. did you recognize the actor? Oh, I, I know who it is. Okay. So if you, if you were watching along, um, or if you were just listening, you're going to have to go check it out, because that is starring Paul Rudd. Mm -hmm. Ant-Man himself is in that commercial. So the Super Nintendo Entertainment System came out August 23rd, 1991. Now, unlike NES, which had 17 launch titles, the Super Nintendo... Mm -hmm. And this is before we had backward compatibility and stuff like that. This system only launched with five, count them, five titles. And those five titles were Super Mario World, F-Zero, Pilot Wings, 
Gradius Three, and Sim City. They're all bangers. Those are yeah, yeah, legit classics, mm-hmm. iconic. Um, although I don't, I don't know if I pick out Gradius Three compared to something else, but a lot so, of those games look the same. Yeah, You'd be like, oh, is that our type or right? Uh, all right, which which of those fives without saying Super Mario World? Which of those fives is the best one? Hands down, F Zero. Yes, thank you, sir. Okay, we can agree because that one. You know, this is, you got to think, this was before they had Mario Kart, right? Yes, this was, Mario Kart uh, was on Super Nintendo But it was later. Right, it was later. So this was so much fun to get on launch because you could go head-to-head with someone and it was fast-paced, it had cool courses, it was futuristic, you hadn't seen anything like that before, it was really fast. Um, So, I mean, much love to Super Mario World and it was really iconic and it looked really good and had stuff, but it was more of the same, I thought. Um, as compared to F-Zero, which was something completely different that I had mm. not seen before. So I loved it. I, w- I will say that Pilot Wings was a game that I played a ton on oh, it. Oh, so Just good. because the games didn't, didn't home consoles didn't have that look. Like, it made, like, a 3D environment, right? And so, like, when you were skydiving or flying your plane, like, it was a, a cool 3D effect that they were using in that game. Um, and... It, I, I always thought that it was very challenging to, like, you know, land on the target and stuff like that. I really like Pilot Wings. But F-Zero, I feel like Nintendo is doing gamers dirty. Why? Because they don't care about F-Zero. And I understand Mario Kart exists, but, man, the best F-Zero game was the GameCube F-Zero. Um, the arcade one's pretty good, too. But, man, it's so good. It's so fast. There's such a huge roster. And now all they're doing is just incorporating F-Zero stages into Mario Kart, and that's their solution for solving that problem. Boo. Yeah. No, so. they could, it could be raining money, more money on them. I know. If they would just do that. Man, F-Zero, I love that game. Yeah, we got to play that, me and you. We go ahead to head. Maybe we'll stream some of that sometime. Okay, yeah. Uh, so just to close it out with the, the Super Nintendo Entertainment System, they launched with five titles, but they total titles released around the world a whopping 1,756 titles. Now, only f- only 718 of those were North American releases, but still, 718, mm-hmm. that's quite a, quite a lot. Quite yeah. a lot. Super Nintendo, way to go. Yeah. The, uh, I think, I think they really knocked it out of the park with that. Um, you know, I had a really good segue here. Hey, you know what? Oh, okay. Here's a good segue for you. Um, why don't we look, we've been looking at some great Nintendo titles, mm-hmm. Nintendo systems. Let's see what Nintendo don't. <laughs> this is the day you have trained for. The day you have studied for. Utilize your superior skills. Your superior intelligence. Sit down, Rodin! Oh, you were one. Don't make me hurt you. Learn to defeat your ruthless enemy, Steve of Hackensack. Ryan, you're gonna get root. Shut up, quadruped. All right, baby, Sega Dreamcast. It they had one of the best release dates ever, nine nine ninety nine. Man, <laughs> very it very rarely lines up like that. Uh, so the Sega- I would say it lines up like that once <laughs> in a century. Yeah, but not where it's like a release date. Like that had to have been like a Friday or a Tuesday. Once in a millennium, you know? I dare yeah. say. Oh, maybe. Uh, so, uh, but you have. Um, uh, 
that console came out nine nine ninety nine off the heels of the travesty that was the Saturn, and I loved the Dreamcast personally. It didn't have a very long run. It was discontinued March thirty first of two thousand eleven. I'm sorry, 2001. That would have been an awesome run. Uh, <laughs> March 31st, 2001. Uh, but it, and it had a uh, worldwide sales of 9.13 million. It did have quite a few North American release titles. You had Kart, Flag to Flag, Hydro Thunder, Tokyo Extreme Racer, Arrow Wings, Air Force Delta, Trick Style, Blue Stinger, NFL 2K, Mortal Kombat Gold, Power Stone, Ready to Rumble Boxing, TNN Motorsports, Hardcore Heat, NFL Blitz 2000, Sonic Adventure, The House of the Dead 2, Soul Calibur, Pin Pin, Tri Isilon, uh, Monaco Grand Prix Racing Simulation 2. So those are all the, the launch titles. So um, what, Preston, out of those do you recognize? Oh, so... I recognize a few of them for sure. Mm-hmm. Hydra Thunder because they had the arcade game. Yeah. Arrow Wings, um, NFL 2K, mm-hmm. Mortal Kombat. I don't know what differentiates it for the gold status. It had, I think it was every one. It was up through three. Okay. I only know Power Stone because you love that game. Mm-hmm. I recognize Ready to Rumble Boxing because I checked that out at the Blockbuster a lot uh, to people. NFL Blitz 2000. I love that game. Um Sonic, I imagine that's a Sonic. A Sonic Adventure, I imagine, is just a Sonic the Hedgehog uh-huh. game. Yep. Um, I recognize Soul Calibur and then House of the Dead 2. So uh, I'm going to let you say your favorite because I, I mean, I can give you some titles, but I really didn't ever. Yeah. I don't think I ever played the Dreamcast. It is tough for me. I'm going to go with Power Stone. I think that Power Stone is an amazing game. Uh, and that's why. Every year at SFGE, I have Power Stone in the Dreamcast because I want to share that love with everybody. Um, Do you think everybody else appreciates that? I think so. Like, if you go online and, like, search, like, Power Stone, uh-huh. like, you'll you'll find plenty of stuff where people are like, this is Capcom's biggest squander because they've never – they did two Power Stone games and they never really did anything else with it. So um, the thing with the Dreamcast that was so amazing <clears> – <throat> excuse me. I was in a car wreck. And a semi uh, ran me off the road, big wreck. And um, so I got a nice insurance check. And I went looking at cars to buy a new car. And I found this. And you're like, who needs cars? <laughs> there's a dream guy. I found this Bronco 2. Uh, and it was this piece of crap car. But I loved it. It was a great car. But that left me with a lot of money to buy a Dreamcast and the majority of those titles. Oh, my word. <laughs> so, um, I, I played a lot of those a lot. I probably played House of the Dead 2 the most um, because you could you could map the controls on the on the controller, and so I would make every button reload except for like one button, and so you're just like going, it's like so you never you're just shooting a machine gun the whole time. So, That's great. But um, but yeah, I love I love that console. Uh, so looking at these titles, one thing that I do think is interesting is you know how much this veered from the previous systems we looked at as far as the type of content available. Mm-hmm. Much more adult-oriented. Mm-hmm. Um, not like mature titles necessarily, but just, you know, I mean, House of the Dead 2 is, right. is not Gyromite. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, and a lot of varied titles. So you, you got your sports games, um, you got your action games, skill games, fighting games. It's a, it's a little something for everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think I, I do appreciate the variety of offerings they have. If I were going to check one out, though, um, do I have a friend over? 
Sure. Okay. If it's going to be two players, then I'm definitely going to go with something with a sports game like uh, NFL Blitz 2000, Mortal Kombat, and then... Um, but, you know, I'll give Soul Calibur a shot, too. Oh, so. Soul Calibur would be most people's number one pick yeah. for this. So I think I think Soul Calibur mm. is probably where I'm leaning on as far as what I would be down with for a launch title mm. pickup. Nice. Yeah, so the Dreamcast, uh, they ended the, the its run with 620 titles released in North America. Um, and I think it's cool that you talk about, you know, the diversity of titles, uh, a little something for everyone. Uh, because, you know, Sega, they were always trying to be something for big kids right uh but their console launches weren't always that and so it was late in the 20th century that a pox fell upon the land a plague of home videos that were limited in intelligence there was brain drain and terminal boredom swept the countryside the maker looked down and was not pleased by what he saw and said this is not good And so it was, he brought forth Genesis, a system with twice the power, twice the intelligence, twice the challenge, twice the fun. Only a chosen few were called forth to experience this new dimension of high-definition graphics and stereo sound. And the maker saw what he had done and said, now that, that's not bad. Discover Genesis, and your world will never be the same. Sega Genesis, a great, great system. One I owned, like I said at the top of the show, I still have the box for that one, mm -hmm. even though I have... I, something has stolen my memory of whatever happened to my system. I have no idea what happened to that system. If I let someone borrow it, I don't think anybody sold it. I have no idea. It's a mystery to me, but I love that system. And um, I got it pretty early. I don't think I got it on launch. Mm -hmm. But, um, oh, I definitely didn't get it at launch. Because here's a fun fact. Everyone associates the Sega Genesis with Sonic the Hedgehog. Right. Mm -hmm. And rightfully so. Sonic the Hedgehog is a great game. But shocked to learn when I did my research for this that Sonic the Hedgehog was not one of the launch titles mm -hmm. for Genesis. Mm -hmm. And then it brought back a memory to me of KB Toys. And KB, they had the Genesis display system there, and they were always showing Altered Beast. And I would always play Altered Beast at the KB toy store in the mall. Um, and that was what was packaged with the original launch mm -hmm. game system. Yep. But uh, it launched in October, sorry, August 14th, 1989, and it had the following titles for launch. Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle, which before today I have never heard of. <laughs> Altered Beast... Last Battle, Space Harrier 2, Thunder Force 2, and Tomula Sword of Basketball. So that was in 89, mm -hmm. and Sonic the Hedgehog, it wasn't included until 1991 mm -hmm. as the pack-in game. Yep. So. Out of those games, Preston, which one is it for you? I mean, they, they called it right with the pack-in. It's going to be Altered Beast, Ugh. even though the sound is annoying. Oh, no. So I think so the sound I think is fine but that's like the sound of the genesis is such an important sound and you see it it, it is well displayed in that game like the grunginess like like you know when when like the that hab happens in altered beast itself mm -hmm. like when when you're getting hit like that thing or when you're punching things like 
there was I don't remember the, what they called it, but the sound chip that they used in the Genesis was awesome for creating like weird basses. And uh, some like Streets of Rage ha- is well known for its soundtrack, largely due to to this. So, um, but Altered Beast is a garbage game, and I I <laughs> dare you to go back and play it today because you will hate your life. Because no, it's awful. So we have it on loop uh, at uh, when we dis- display for SFGE. Uh-huh. It's one of the games. It was a Sega sixteen. Um, arcade system game yeah and it gets the you really want to kill yourself if you leave on the um the attract mode on that one because mm-hmm. it is rough space harrier 2 that's your game yeah that's that's the game for that launch um you know the reason they put pa- packed in ultra beast is because um it was an arcade game and they're trying to show hey you can bring the arcade game home mm-hmm. right and so uh, i understand the marketing behind that but space harrier 2 that's that's the game you want in that lineup so uh, so total titles released for that one were 713. I couldn't find a source for how many of those were uh, strictly North American releases, but that's kind of on par with what we've been looking at for other systems. So mm-hmm. res- very respectable. Um, one thing that's interesting though is that Genesis, because it launched in '89, even though the Super Nintendo launched two years later in '91, mm-hmm. it still beat out the Super Nintendo for two more years at Christmas time just because they had that built-in library of games. Mm-hmm. So people were more inclined to go ahead and, and buy something that could had so much variety available to them um, as compared to the brand new Super Nintendo. Yeah. Yeah, the, um, you know, it, on top of that, it was new, right? Like people had a Nintendo. And so like there's, there's news reports or like they're interviewing parents and stuff. And they're like, I don't understand why they're coming out with another Nintendo. And so like, because, because of that, people are willing to try out other things because they're like, man, the Nintendo's fun. I don't yep. want another Nintendo. Let me try this other thing. So, um, a company that helped to shape video games and then died off and almost ruined them. Uh, you know, they, they tried to make a comeback and, um, people could not buy into that either. Some of you believe your system is the most advanced in the universe. Let's review the numbers. Sega Genesis is 16 bits. 3DO is 32 bits. The Atari Jaguar is 64 bits. Which is more advanced? Clifford! Hmm? 16 and 32 are less than 64. So with 64 bits, 3D graphics, real-world animation, and lightning speed that you can only get with Jaguar? Which is more advanced? Clifford! Can you repeat the question? Jaguar! 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 The Atari Jaguar uh, released November 23rd, 1993. It was discontinued three years later. So it had a fairly good run in terms of like a side console. Uh, Most consoles back then, you know, were roughly four years long. So, but they had less than 250,000 units sold. And some of these consoles. I know why. Why? One, it was expensive as hell. And Mm -hmm. two, their controller was the worst controller. It was pretty bad. Ergonomics on that controller are the pits. But Preston, sixty-four what? is way better <laughs> than what? everything else. Than Thirty-two. They were confusing me with that math. I was like, why do you have to try so hard to do that? Um, You're just confusing everybody. Well, see, that's the problem with that marketing campaign is that was geared towards gamers, you know. And so, and if you read gaming magazines back then, you know, the Genesis and the Super Nintendo were sixteen-bit. Uh, you had, um, you had the from that the next like she mentioned the 3do the 3do was a 32-bit console was the first 32-bit console and then the jaguar was the first 64-bit console but it wasn't really 
And I don't know if you saw from that commercial, but like the games didn't really look like if you think of like the Nintendo 64 and and that kind of thing, like how big of a leap that was, those games did not look like the Nintendo 64. And it's because it actually had two 32-bit processors. And so they said it was a 64-bit process, uh, a 64-bit console because there was two 32-bit processors oh, in it. liars. But, yeah. Uh, that game system also only had three releases at launch. Wow. You had Cybermorph, Raiden, and Trevor McFur in the Crescent Galaxy. <laughs> what? These are some crazy <laughs> names. Like, the first, uh, when Sega Genesis, Alex Kidd in the Enchanted Castle, and mm -hmm. now Trevor McFur in the Crescent Galaxy. Yeah. Well, what the crap? Alex Kidd's a pretty big video game character so <laughs> you watch your mouth <laughs> but all right well what about trevor mcfur uh, uh maybe he's like con uh conquer's like grandfather or something <laughs> but um man cybermorph was so bad of a game and uh i don't i couldn't tell you what trevor mcfur is about off the top of my head the clear choice is raiden, raiden. and that is the reason i bought this console really oh man I, raiden was one of my favorite arcade games yes and I, at at this point, there wasn't a way to play that at home. It, it came out on the PlayStation, uh, but I don't think it was out on PlayStation at the... But we're talking the original Raiden? Yeah. Like, the original Raiden, when did that come out? That came out in, like, the 80s. Yeah, but that was... But home consoles couldn't play that game. Oh, okay. So... Uh, and man, I love that game. Raiden is like to this day, Raiden, oh, the yeah. Raiden series is one of my favorite series. So, Shmup. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, over those uh, over those three years, they came out with fifty titles. Uh, Forty four of them came out during those three years, and then after they discontinued the Atari Jaguar, there were six more titles that came out. But the Atari Jaguar is still alive and breathing today, Preston. How's that? The home uh, homebrew home community loves the Jaguar and there are still people making Jaguar games to this day and uh, you know making the cartridges and you can buy them online and stuff like that so uh, you know the Jaguar lives on and uh, I'm sad that mine doesn't work it, it'll be it's a good candidate for the case I wonder uh, if you could buy it work. now for cheaper than you could buy it back then no <laughs> No? no. How much do they sell for now? They're pretty for like consoles like that that were not huge. Uh huh. You know, well, it's like well, I bet you could get it for cheaper than four hundred and fifty-four forty-nine. Well, that's not how much it cost back then. That's how much it was worth, right? Compared to net today's dollars. My dad bought it back then. Whoa, not me. Your dad was a baller. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so um, I think uh, I think going out on the Atari is is a is a big one. Dude, well, I think those are great ones. Obviously, we didn't go through every system. Um, I, I only did the ones that I grew up with. So I picked out the Nintendo and the Super Nintendo and the Genesis. Brian went with some other ones. Um, but there's a whole a whole bevy of ones that we didn't cover. Um, I'm curious to look at... I should have looked back at the Atari and see what kind of launch titles they had. But, you know, uh, I'm very glad that we could have this topic of conversation for our episode tonight because... It's very rarely that we can just, Brian can just own the room with his knowledge. And I'm sure when this topic came up, you're like, yes, mm -hmm. hands down, we will do this one. So um, if you have something that we didn't talk about that you thought we should talk about, let us know. Um, if you argue with us on what our favorite launch day titles are, what should be the best launch day title, let us know. Um, and we're also curious to hear you know, even though we're retro, we're curious to hear what you think about the new console system. So if you got a brand new PlayStation this week or 
Xbox this week. We'd love to hear what your thoughts are on that system so Brian can tell you you're wrong. <laughs> I won't tell you you're wrong unless you say the PS5 controller is bad. I haven't even touched it yet. I know it's amazing. So, <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, we really appreciate you guys checking out, uh, checking out the show. Um, and we also really appreciate... Um, our patrons. So if you, well, I said that weird. So if you want to uh, to help support us, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash waybackattack. Uh, just like uh, Ryan Nelson and uh, Kevin Mann. Yep. And yep. thanks for, uh, you know, join the crew that is helping put on the show with uh, Patreon. A lot of great perks on the show. Uh, we are due for a bonus show here mm -hmm. uh, in just a few uh, a few days, I think. So stick around and check out those perks and and thanks for checking out the show, regardless of whether you're a patron or not. But we hope you choose to be one. Yes, yes, it uh it, it goes a long way uh, into helping us out uh, in order to do more stuff for the show and to um you know to help make the things happen. So. Uh, outside of patreon.com forward slash wayback attack. You can find the show on Twitter at wayback underscore attack. You can find myself at B.E. Grantham. Preston, where can people find you? I am at squared stiff on Twitter and you can find us on YouTube. You can also email us wayback attack show at gmail.com. And, um, you know, we'll be back in two weeks. So we'll have another great topic. If you have an idea for the show, let us know. Hope yes. to hear from you. Yes, yes, please let us know because, uh, you know, we love hearing from you guys and it's always fun to figure out what we're doing together. So uh, <laughs> we'll uh, thank you for voting and uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> <laughs>